Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-pilot, co-host, co-commander, and co-conspirator, which is probably the biggest one, Ms. Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer. We've also got uh, Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, the other Commodore Chris, and we have Super Sam working with us today. So how's that? Jeez. Full crew. Full crew. Full crew. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, which we will definitely get into a little bit later in this show. It is beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Uh, great stuff. Christmas holidays are coming up. So that's who and what we are going to be talking about today. Will Homer is back. The CEO, COO, CFO. Don't uh, say I'm the janitor. I'm telling you how they'll make me sweep. <laughs> You're going to go home with that box of donuts. They're not going to make you do nothing. Oh, okay. So, no, yeah. they do enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. I send a treat package home with him, Leanne. From uh, one of the local bakeries that does the phenomenal maple bars. Yeah. That's one of my lifelong quests. I don't know if I ever told you that, but. No. Yeah. To find two things, to find the best maple bar in the world (laughs) and to find the best French dressing in the world. Now, those two have absolutely nothing in common, except I like them both. Interesting. I wouldn't know a good French dressing from a French dressing. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones out there. I'll be darned. Best one they took off the market years ago. I'll be darned. Bernstein's had a spicy Sicilian dressing. I'll be darned. And I love that. I just uh, use that a lot. And then it went away. I'll be just sad. like so many good things in life. Yes, <laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. All right. So what's going on in the meat business right now? The meat business is the same old story, just another day. Um it's it we are in the nation we are harvesting as many cattle as they ever have there is a demand for the beef it's going away um the, the re- demand's going away no, or the no, beef's no, going no. away the beef is going away i'm sorry the demand is high making the beef go away so that's a good mm-hmm. thing and and even though the prices are high you know and which we talked about in the past how retail's still holding quite a margin and nothing's changed there um it's still there. And, and I just got back from a cattleman's event in Denver where we talked about the future and what's going to happen. And they think we've finally kind of come to the end of the slush of cattle that was created in the pandemic, which is two years ago. And they've been telling this story for two years, right? So, but there's, but the packing of the facilities of the, the plants have been working hard and fast. And, and I've painted Hills Natural Beast been kind of the same way. We've, we've, uh, had quite a few cattle go through the program and we've been strong and we've been able to make it all go away. And we don't have any, you know, I mean, the, the we don't really, I can't tell you what the market's going on in the market fossils a long ways from here, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's going away. So that's a good thing. Um, and, and, and in this industry, it doesn't take very long. You figure out 
once you start to get in it, it's more about just making sure the beef has a home, you know, sell it, right. don't smell it, than sitting around <laughs> thinking you're going to freeze something and hope to sell it later. Because just so, because it's so valuable. It's, it's expensive. Yeah. Meat is expensive. Beef is expensive. Cattle are expensive. Everything's expensive. So um, as we turn the clock here, we get out of uh, 2022 and we head into 2023, we know that the the the, the US, United States has been under drought, and we all know we've heard the stories about Shasta Lake, and we've all heard the stories about Lake Mead and then Mississippi River, right? She's going dry, and uh, and all that. You know, Hank Jr.'s right. Here we right. go. So, um, it, it, all of that's kind of coming to roost, and this year the um there's a there's a whole trim market of its own, and trim is lean trimmings that go into hamburgers and typically uh that lean trimming blends with a with an item that they make in a fed cattle plant where the painted hills cattle are processed that's called 50 50 trim they blend those two together and they make hamburgers and and typically uh across the world it's a world market and a lot of that trim comes out of australia and new zealand and i know i'm getting deep but remember i told you i was four coffees in okay so- <laughs> uh, 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 so, so uh, La Nina, as we've all heard, right? La Nina right. is what's dried out the United States. La Nina has flooded Australia, Australia being a huge trim supplier. So my point is the trim's not coming from Australia. Australia has lots of grass. The cows don't go to market when they have lots of grass. In the United States, we don't have any grass. Cows all came to market. So the cattlemen have brought all the cows to town. And, and so that's created a market that in the future, there won't be as many calves and, and beef's going to get harder to get. It's going to be Was that to get. purposely done or it was just the nature drought. of the, the drought? Drought. Okay. Drought drove that. Drought drove that. And I think age drove that. I think there's a lot of producers that are finally looking around going, holy smokes, look at the cost of everything. Look at where we're at. Look at where we're at in life. I, the land value is through the roof no one could buy a ranch and run cattle ever again no no you know let's just cash out of this i'm tired i'm 70 plus years old i'm i'm bailing out i'm gonna cattle price is pretty good uh, you know gonna give the check and go to miami yeah but and then also remember that you know i talk from a world of i understand the cattle business i understand what we do out here in the northwest but i'm a little bitty piece of that all the cattle are in the midwest and in the southeast and so that drought has centered around kansas and into oklahoma texas and that that kind of midwest country there there's almost 50 percent of the cows are in that area there right so when there's a drought in that area it hits the industry pretty hard so they, there's a they're going to be a million fewer cows in the united states next year well i saw a report of uh a document uh Cash, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, yeah, there's thin million. Um, yeah, but you know when you do a a, a chart, a yeah, scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and this coffee? was the no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had my spark this morning. Okay. Um, the guy that you and I both follow on social media, yeah. Brett Crosby. Yeah. And he published this thing a couple of days ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have called Patrick in on this. We I asked Patrick about, when Tuesday if you were going to call him. But yeah, I, I hadn't called him yet. Yep. So, and busy. Uh, a lot of these guys are dumping their cow-calf pairs yeah. out there. Well, no grass. There's no grass. And some of the mother cows are maybe getting along in age a little bit. 
maybe uh, variable reasons, but right. grass being the, the yep. top one. But I'm sitting there and, and I don't know where, where he's from, it's Montana. Yeah, or he's in the north. Yeah. North there somewhere. But if you look at that and you say, this is six months worth of data and you look at it and you say, they sold, and I, I'm making this number up, so yeah. don't anybody well, go. let me and, fix it for you when you're done. Okay. But they sold 300,000 cow-calf pairs yeah. over that period of time. Yeah. Well, 300,000 cow-calf pairs is actually 600,000 head of cattle. Right. And that 600,000 head of cattle are now out of production. Yep. The, the mothers aren't there, and, yep. the, and the youngsters aren't going to yep. grow into a production model yeah. like that. I know we we harvest that's a polite way to say it yeah. a lot of beef every day yep. but even if you take 600 or a million and a half head out of there that's a lot of cows yep. to be out it of is. the production line it is it yeah. is they think it's a bigger shrink than what happened when when the drought hit the hit the texas region in 12 and 13 right was a big shock to the system and that was um that was a big shock to the system and that that created quite a dip. Well, they think that this cycle here, as we come out of this cycle and it goes down again, it's going to even be bigger. So it's, I think it's, I think it's drought related, but I think there's just a lot of energy in the, in the industry that says, who's next? What's, who's going to do this next? What's going to do, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I really get off track on. It. I won't go too far, That's but right. it, it's like they talk about the the fuel industry, right? Who's going to go build a diesel plant to to refine diesel when everyone's against you? Well, who's going to go get in the cattle business when everyone's against you? You know, it's a that's a tough gig. It's a tough deal. Oh yeah, yeah. I there's not a. Uh... There's not a welcome, I, uh, you know, welcome why, wagon with committee. Tech, technology today, why can't we come up with some way to grow grass for the cows? <laughs> well, it takes water. So I mean, eat. we got, we got, it's, I'm thinking it's actually, I, I'm thinking it's just a matter of how much it's the, the, how much money you got invested, how much, how much, how much you got borrowed and what little return it is. Versus the the risk, the risk to reward in it mm. is difficult. I talked to a guy just this week about health insurance, and and he had had a little taste of farming out in Central Oregon. It was aw- it was an awesome conversation, and he has opportunity in front of him. He can take off and go. His father in law says, "Hey, take this over, just go." You know, and he said, and he got out there and took a taste of that for about two three years, and said, uh-huh. "Why? Why am I? Ri- why am I so leveraged?" Why am I? Why do I have to borrow so much money? This tractor is almost a million dollars. Why do I have to borrow so much money to not make any money? And he went. He's gonna. He sells insurance. Because I get to sit in this this brewery and talk to you over my computer and and make a living. I don't have to go out there and borrow millions of dollars and right. do what I do. I don't think that. Uh, even though we talked about it on the show before, I don't think that people, the average consumer, understands. One, what it takes to get that steak in the cooler. Oh, man. But two, to keep the operation going, um, when you're talking about borrowing money, and a lot of these guys, yeah, they get a big check once or twice a year from whatever yeah. it is they're doing, but by the time they pay off all the bills, oh, yeah. they have to go back and borrow more money. Well, the whole there's there's a few. There would be, I don't know what the percentage is. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't, But I don't know very many. 
that have raised this is the family farm and i've been here and we've been here and this is a fourth generation and we're making it work and we're we're they're usually the one with the oldest pickups right they're usually the ones with the oldest corrals and the oldest everything because they've managed to sit there and keep the family on the farm the whole time on the ranch the whole time good for them great job yep we got to take a break we're going to be back with will homer from painted hills natural beef miss leanne weapon and myself on barbecue nation please stay with us everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation here on the usa radio networks i'm jt along with hall of famer leanne whippen if you want to get a hold of us, um, send the U.S. Marshals. No, uh, you can go to barbecuenationjt.com and there's a contact information there. You fill it out, send it in, and we will respond to it. You can also send us messages on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those things. We've got that. Anyway, we're talking with uh, Will Homer today. Not the janitor in Fossil, but the head mahu over there. He hasn't told his dad yet. His dad still thinks he's running the outfit. No, <laughs> yes, he is. Yep, absolutely. I'm yes sir, no sir. You bet. That's me. So let's wrap up the uh, sadistic part of this show. <laughs> and and are we still going to have beef in the markets? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Because Leanne was crying. At There'll break. be beef. There'll be beef because 12, 15% of what we do today over, goes overseas, right? And it's a world market. And so you, we still, I'm going to, I'm going to die on this rock and we still have the most money here in the United States. So we'll outbid everybody else and the beef will stay home. I, I, that'll be not a big deal. There'll still be beef. It's not going to be anything like the pandemic days where you go to the store and you can't find it. Okay. It'll, but it, it will get more expensive. And which is crazy because I just talked to a friend and I know you guys kind of started, we started this months ago, but I talked to a friend today and talking about, have you been to the store lately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was at Wally World yesterday oh, and yeah. what should have cost about yeah 45 bucks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't much like that. It was 86. Yeah. It was 86. Wow. You paid it. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. yeah know, you got to pay attention. Yeah. Because like that. So what are some good things going on in the beef world? The good things? I want to tell you what's good in my world, at least. I've been to a couple things lately. I, maybe we've talked since I went to Chicago. I go to, went to uh, Denver recently. I try to get outside of Fossil once in a while and That's see what's thing. going on in the real world. And, yeah. and the thing I, I enjoy, I like to hear the most is that Painted Hills Natural Beef, you know, we're just a ranching group and we'd like to tell our story and we're working to tell our story every day with all those Instagram and Facebook and all those things. And today's consumer is becoming more aware of that all the time. And they want to connect with a brand as much as anything, not just a store brand. You know, we kind of went through that growth pain in the stores and Mm -hmm. such, but they want to grow. They want to attach themselves to a brand and and I feel good about that. That's a that's a good place to be. I know I've got customers who will walk through fire for our product, and I appreciate the heck out of them. And and so I'm gonna go out and sell my brand and sell my product, and I and I think it's worthy for that. So, do you think that is 
based on quality and loyalty or what is what are those I, based they want to be they want to kind of be attached to it they want to kind of be connected they want to understand our story as we show those videos you know my dad out feeding cows or right. whatever i need to be doing more of that stuff too you know but um they just want to be connected to that i think that you know i think the reason the cow and the cowboy and all that get a bad rap is because nobody really knows anymore when we started 25 years ago it was uh and that was fun. It was uh, uh, the way grandpa used to race, right? Mm-hmm. Because we kind of were a couple generations. We were close. We were still close enough at that point in time. We're not close enough anymore. And there's we're getting too far from the farm or the or the my dad or my grandpa was or my grandma was or whatever. And so you just got to keep telling that story. And and I think our quality, of course, will attach to that because it's always has been. I, I sell beef without hormones and without antibiotics. And if it didn't really change the quality and make it better, I would I would have to work a lot harder than I do. Let's put it that way. You don't, <laughs> you don't hardly work. <laughs> oh, you can see right through me. <laughs> well, I, I think you touched on a point there because uh, traditionally my, you know, my father's generation, your father's generation and all that, they grew up on the farm, but they moved to the city to work, you know, mm-hmm. but eventually they either came back or they went back out and got a piece of dirt and, you know, right. that type sure. of thing. Anymore, people that say, well, we're selling off everything and, you know, we live in um, Fort Worth, and but we're selling everything off and we're going to move to New Mexico out of yeah. truth or consequences, New Mexico. Yeah. And because uh, there is such a place. Yeah. And we just bought 4,000 acres out there and we're going to go be a gentleman rancher or something. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of work and all that money that you've made selling your properties in town and stuff is going to be eaten up by fencing and water lines and and all that. But I really think that some people, depending on where they were raised, have a tendency to want to go back to the country. Yep. Uh, But things have changed. Yeah. You know, I sold our ranch. 15 years ago, yeah, I guess. And so much has changed in that 15-year span. Well, that's almost a whole generation. Though. Well, you're close enough. It, are you close was you were you close enough to society to town that your ranch has changed format and became smaller? Became pieces that people want. No, no, it's still one. It's it was one piece. It was cuz we actually I lived on the main part and then there was between the family, there was lots of land out there. But the yeah. main one that I sold, which was our homestead, yeah. if you will, uh, it actually looks worse than it used to. But it it was very functional because we didn't do, you know, too many heads of cattle on that. We did mostly horses and show right. horses and that type right. of thing. But anymore, it just just looks like a little farm. Yeah. You know, it's not in the working capacity that it was. Right. Like that. So, right. and I see that a lot. Well, you- yeah, yeah. You you got it. You got it multifaceted. I don't, uh, yeah, she's Jeff, we're going crazy here. But you think about this just a little bit. As I've thought about this too, my dad put the ranch together and held it together and created what he created. And remember, he ran around with 75 cent diesel fuel. Right. And you got a place out there now where you're, the new owner sits and they might have a tractor and a mower, but they kind of pay $4 for diesel fuel to put in that tractor to go run around and mow. The, maybe the grass doesn't need to be mowed. Right. You know, that, that there's just so many other costs involved. And 
I thought maybe you had something that was close enough to town. They broke it up and sold to ranchettes. And there was, you know, that's that's the prog- progression. That was my sister's place. She tried to do that. But yeah. They, the county. Now we're really going off in the weeds. No, but they said the zoning, they changed all the Oh, zoning. yeah. Zoning. See, in my country, we can't do that either. And that yeah. that's the, that's where yeah. people want to be. Okay. Know, so. We're going to take a break. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I promise we're going to talk about food and barbecue when we come back. <laughs> we're letting Leanne take over. We're like, letting Leanne you. take over, but also because she's she's road weary here. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. We're going to, but she's got to go to work now. Okay. Anyway, we'll be back on Barbecue Nation right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread and a drink and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida and they bring you fire grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Hall of Famer Leanne Whippen and COO and a bunch of other acronyms and fossil there. Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. If you want to uh, get some really good beef, uh, try some Painted Hills Natural Beef. If you have not, they have a store locator. They're even selling some stuff online uh, here and there like that. So if you're listening to this show on the East Coast, which some people do, um, you certainly can find it or they can ship it to you and also gunter wilhelm nimes i actually talked to david yesterday and he wished me a merry christmas and all that so you can check out that they're great christmas presents gunter wilhelm nimes are are. yeah like that also if you want to send us an email it's jt at barbecue nation jt.com or leanne at barbecue nation jt.com or you can send a carrier pigeon all right now that she's drinking (laughs) all right i'm ready okay fire fire off off topic. All right. Thanksgiving, I went to a particular grocery store and found two brands of turkeys for 49 cents a pound. I went wow. to Walmart and they were $1.19 for the same brand. Here you think Walmart is cheaper, right? Wow. Right. So you could get a very large turkey for like eight bucks. And I saw these two guys at Walmart looking at a turkey that was 40 some odd dollars. And I said, Hey, you should go to this other store. It's half the price. And they were just baffled by that. They're like, okay, we're going to do that. Well, traditionally for the holidays, obviously there's lost leaders and there's, you know, price cuts, but every year for Christmas, I want a prime rib. Are we going to see that this year at a lesser price still? Uh, you might see some loss leaders. I, I ribeyes are at record high right now on just a generic list, just a generic box beef rice. They have uh, peaked out at nine eighty or some crazy thing like that, which is pretty high, you know. So 
Um, but I, at the same time I listened as again, I'm trying to get in as much information as I can. I heard a guy say in Denver, they were going to have them listed in the paper at four ninety seven a pound. See, that's what I'm used to paying during the holidays and fingers crossed. Oh my God. Yeah. What do they come from Guatemala? Oh my what? gosh. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's going on. I know there's a suspended fresh program out there now where they can, uh, delay product basically take September dates and put them in a super cooler because I'll use their terminology versus freeze them mm-hmm. and then slack them out and bring them out to the customer and save some costs and such. But I think in the case of four or five dollar a pound ribeyes, you're just flat buying uh, loss leaders. Or I mean, if it's choice graded, yeah, you weigh loss leaders because it hasn't. They have the, the ribeye's the only thing in the steer that's kind of halfway holding the box together. So, and the box is the consolidated right. price, right, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, there's there's some things in the steer right now that are the cheapest I've seen them in years. Tri tips right now are just give them away. And strip lines, really? are, yeah, strip well, lines are tri tips, so that's good. Yeah, they're just they're three forty or something silly thing like that. I'm like, did hmm. California stop eating tri tips or what? I mean, it's there's it's some there's some weird stuff going on, but yeah, you're you're just looking for lost leader stuff. I don't know turkeys. I uh, I heard years ago all turkeys were frozen, so who knows when that turkey was put up? Was it before AB and you know, wiped out all those turkeys south of the right, border or right. whatever they were, or, you know. So I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm, sur- I'm confused by turkeys too because it, there was a little bit of a conspiracy going on with, uh, with uh, avian, avian flu, flu, yeah. yeah, and and you know, turkeys were all going to be six dollars a pound, and then the next thing you know, my parents said, oh, you can go to Safeway and get them for nothing because you bought, you know, and, and and so, yeah, I don't, I, I. I don't know. It's just games that some well, I retailers think the tri-tip play. is a good alternative yeah. for the holidays, so that's yeah. good information. Yeah, yeah they so should be cheap. Strip loins are too. Strip loins. We always try to push the strip loin because you can roast that in a sure. in, a, in your roast. You know, that just do it faster because it's so short grained. It cooks so fast. Right. But yeah, we we used to we we I created t- a poster one time had a burnt turkey on it <laughs> just to try and get people to cook strip loins because we. <laughs> Well, I remember I did that on TV for you guys. I tied two of them yeah. together to make it look like a whole a rib. But I said, it's not a rib, but it's, you know, strip loin. So yeah. I tied them together, roasted them like that. They came out, they looked beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> Sliced it there. It, <laughs> like, I should have had Gunter Wilhelm knives oh, when I did that. Oh, goodness. So here's, a, here's kind of a technical question for you. You harvest the cattle. Yes. They go through the processing. Yes. They get vacuum packed put in boxes yes they go to a warehouse yes they're sitting there at what point do you say let's just say uh knuckles or something whatever how long how long before this gets so aged that you just kind of have to dump it on the market is it two months six months is it (laughs) is a very per product I mean, yes. the reason I the reason really? I ask this is because every year yes. when we do this show, we yeah. kind of touch on that same thing. Lost leaders, like Leanne was yeah. saying, coming up, and they're four ninety nine a pound, and you can see it pretty much at any yep. grocery store you go into. Yep. But are those producers like from Canada or wherever, wherever they're supplying that can 
those cattle, are they holding back in a warehouse for four months and say, okay, now we're going to dump this on the market and we're going to dump it out there at four bucks a pound or whatever? Mm, probably not. Not in the fashion you think it's happening. Okay. Because every warehouse has a different scheme. Every store has a different want. Every warehouse has a different scheme. Every Everybody has a different plan. And and what I mean by that is, just for a small example, I work sure. with, I work with one retailer who says, hey, you know what? A month month age on stuff is just about right. It's just starting to get there. I listened to a podcast a while back that says three weeks age is with a minimum on product. You need to have at least three weeks age on it. I work with a warehouse that says I refu- they refuse to get anything into a store's hands any older than three weeks age. And it takes a week to get it to them. So right. we got this tight window to get it in and out of a warehouse to get it to a store group. That's totally opposite than the store down the street that's working with four or five week old product. And I'm going to tell you, it's not really opposite in the fact that eating experience, there's so much more involved with how you're going to cook it and what you're going to do with it. Right, right. But what really is going to happen is you're right. In my world, as time goes by, I think of it as less valuable, right? So the stuff out the door on day one uh, it might be full price or it might be an ad price that I set with a store a month ago, four right. months ago. But if it sits in my inventory for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, I'm going to get kind of antsy and I might sell it to a local distributor who blends it with something they got flowing. I might, I, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to try and blow it through grocery store. Hey, you know, you bought all this. Can you take one of these too? You know, um, but nothing is bad. Nothing goes bad. No. Until the bugs start to grow within the bag and you start to get some purge and some um, some bubbles in the bag. And because we work with a, a big facility where they do all this in three hours and they use, uh, you know, it's lab quality clean when they start. Those bags, there is no problem today. Knock, 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 because I got some stuff getting old. But there, we don't see any of the issue today in bags or product in bags that we've seen 20 years ago when we started. Right. I mean, stuff just, to, I've got some bone-in ribeyes that are five, six weeks old right now and not with age on them, right? Right. And um, it, 20 years ago, we'd have got a call from a store that says, hey, these are gassing up, bags loose. I need a credit. They're sour. I need. A, I, I have not yeah. heard anything like that. Then also, the, you ask about different items. There's there's some items that are bagged multi piece per bag. So in multi pieces, there's more hands touching the outside of the product in the facility. There's opportunity for more air in the bag. But that the, the, the bag technology is amazing. I mean, they it is it is highly technical. And so they they cryovac the product down. They have uh, a machine that costs nearly a million dollars. They have four of them that run constantly. And then once it's sucked down tight, then it's put through a uh, shrink tunnel, 180 degree water, shrinks that bag right down just as tight as it can get on the product. And that process makes it last for, makes it last as long as, long as you want. It really, until you start to get those bugs and, and we will hold it. Uh, my rule is, I, you know, I don't have all the money in the world again, right? We're all leveraged, all sure. those things. And and you're taking a 80-pound box of ribs that's worth $10 a pound. 
I got three or 400 of those laying around. It's a lot of money. So, so you don't let them lay around too long either. Right. So as you watch your inventory, you know, you're in the wrong season. It's not going to sell. Get it gone early. You're in the right, you're headed to the right season. Let's hang on to it. It'll go. Let's hang on to it. It'll go. So all of, all of those games, all of that happens. I've never had um, anything I've gotten from you because I get it. I get it from the warehouse. I don't yeah. go to a store and get it. So yeah. I do all the cutting, the trimming, and right. all that. But I've never had anything of yours bark at me. Bark? No. You, you yeah. know, when you open the bag. Nope. I've, I've, well, you've never been. Yeah, I don't have any. I, I freeze. We use the freezer sometimes, but most of the time it's get it gone. And there's plenty of folks out there that <clears throat> my dad used to call them beef pimps. I call them help. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. I got 100 cases of chuck rolls that won't move. And I got, but, but, but remember again, I think I've mentioned is whatever's happening in my back door is happening in the entire industry. So if I can't sell, if I told you tri tips were dirt cheap and uh, nationally, well, guess what? Guess who has a whole pile of tri tips in his cooler right now? You know, so it's just, it, it's, it is the market is what the market is. Sure. <clears throat> well, it's, it's always fascinating to me to, because I've pulled stuff out of the bottom of my freezer. We got to go to break, but I've, I've had it in there for six, eight months and it's fine. Oh, now the freezer is a different story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation with myself, Miss Leanne Whippin, and Mr. Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. We will be back in just a few minutes. Please stay with us. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation here on usa radio networks and multi-platforms you can pretty much find us anywhere and we know who you are. So, I'm Jeff, along with Leanne, and we've got Will Homer today. Will is going to stick around and do the after hours for us. Uh, that's the part of the show where it gets really fun and interesting. And we don't have the FCC listening to us. Also, um, our Meathead Christmas special will be coming up next week, as always. Uh, we did that, Leanne, and I did that with Meathead a little while back. So that's all good. Anyway, um, what's your biggest seller? This time of year, is it the ribs? Are you still selling a lot of burger patties? Or oh no, or, it's or, just, I'm glad you verified this time of year because that yeah. I hear a lot of people go, "Hey, what do you sell the most of?" And I go, "The whole steer." Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, this is obviously we we do a lot of business now just for ribeyes, and then the rest of the business just struggle to make it go away. Sometimes we can have a gift handed to us here. Just recently, the chuck roll took off for some reason. And had some value, real strength in it. Mm -hmm. That was a good thing. But um, uh, it's just all about the Christmas rib right now. We're in the Northwest, and I guess it's not like this all over the United States, but in the Northwest, it's all about the Christmas rib. And so we do a lot with, um, we, we stash some in the freezer for some customers who will, are willing to do that. And we work like heck to have fresh, and we'll drag age out quite a long ways. I'm going to tell you. You're going to have the best painted hills ribeye you ever had this year because I, all of them are going to have at least four or five weeks age on them. Oh, that's so, perfect. Yeah, they're that's going to perfect. be. 
They're going to be excellent. If my knee surgery doesn't work, I'll be in the freezer sitting there right next to him going, hey, how are you doing today? I'm not up for another two months. So anyway, like that. What's your favorite? Let's do some Christmas stuff, Leanne. This is a Christmas-oriented show. Start with you there in Florida. Do you do a, a rib roast at Christmas or what do you do? Absolutely. Christmas, that is our dinner. And then uh, my mom makes her traditional homemade lasagna, including, you know, the homemade sauce, the whole thing. So we do the lasagna the night before. Nice. And then she stashes a cheap turkey from Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So one of those, you spend over a hundred bucks and you get a free 10 pound bird. That's right. So we use that for like sandwiches and my dad's infamous turkey taco goop, which is like a Mexican taco dish we we like. And um, yeah, we have to have a prime rib. I mean, it is, it doesn't matter what it costs either. We'll all pitch in for it, but that is a tradition for us. It's mandatory. Very nice. What about you? Well, I'm we, sure you don't go out and run and get a turkey. No, well, no, not anymore. We are huge on the turkey leftovers. You know, my dad's all about the turkey leftovers. Oh, my goodness. And and so, but we still have all the family intact with my wife's parents in the 80s. But they're there and my, my parents and then my brother and his wife and this and my kids are getting old. And anyhow, so you got but, heard, but we do. Yeah, but we do. So. Well, somebody will do breakfast and somebody will do dinner and somebody will do breakfast night, the dinner the night before. And oh my God, we eat like crazy, but there's always, there's not always a ribeye. Honestly, this year there'll be ribeyes because I've got plenty, but historically when, you know, when you've we done strips, when we didn't have been. enough, we do strips a lot of times because yeah. that's the item this cheap, you know, it's, you know, the old saga, you never have your own stuff, right? Or you never, you know, I can't remember the deal. But anyhow, yeah, we're always living from the bottom end. But um, yeah, we'll we'll do ribeyes this year. So yeah, it's a tradition with us out there. And, you know, they not to dwell on this, but I'm yeah. going to be hobbling around. But I did this year. My daughter came up and one of my other friends came up who are there always come to Christmas. Yeah. We'll we'll come help you if you show us how to make your twice baked potatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll use all the free help I can there get. You, go. you won't be too hobbled. I have a high school friend of mine who just had his knee replaced a month ago, and I uh, know uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's no sweat. First week is going to be the tough yeah. part, and then after that, you run out of oxycotton and, and yeah. you're fine. There you go. So, so there you go. Yeah. When people are looking, and we've talked about this a hundred times, but I still think it's relevant. When people are looking. To get a Christmas roast, if they're gonna step up and get something the quality of Painted Hills, yes, should they be on the ball right now and ordering it through their butcher at their store and say, "Make sure I've got, yeah, you know, four ribs or the whole sh- Magilla or whatever," uh, because a lot of times when you get in there right at the end, yeah. you know, and you're gonna go Christmas Eve morning, and yeah. I'm just gonna go pick up a rib, and you know. There's not a whole lot there because well I don't I don't know when the market is. What is the what is the truth, right? And yeah. and again, I think we had this same conversation last time I was here. What is the truth? What is the market? And and I can tell you that I I have plenty in my inventory. Now I'm counting on the store to order for their inventory. They're going to count on you to come order ahead so they kind of know what they're doing. Right. They, they like that better. Right. But I never really know if the week after they've got 10 extra cases in their cooler or, oh, yeah, we sold out three days early or I don't I don't know any of those things. And so all I can tell you is that and again, back to this costing thing, 
is that the prime ribeyes in the generic world today are about uh, they're well. Let's, I just told you the regular ribeye was about nine bucks, nine fifty, right? Right. The the primes are nine are are nineteen fifty. So the consumer is wanting the better stuff. The consumer's standing there asking. Somebody's asking. I don't know exactly how that's all sales happening, but it's it's over double for the prime. So there's a demand for it. So if you're going to go out and ask your local guy and say, hey, I need then. And that makes them jump, too. I got to tell you, that makes them jump because I got a call about a week before Thanksgiving and somebody called the office. that doesn't a, a, a grocery store. And was he in Calspell or or no, he was in Libby of all places. And he called me, say, hey, Will, he says, you got any ribeyes coming to the warehouse? And I said, yeah, yeah, they're coming. He says, good, because I had a customer come in here just now and order two of them. So I better make sure they're coming in. You yeah. Know? So that yeah. that has power. That has a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, the lost leaders, they serve a purpose. Yeah. They do serve a purpose because it's kind of like, hey, this week our Mercedes 450s are on sale, but we've got this Volkswagen over here too. Yeah. And it's it's such a... a a difference, yeah. a differential. You can actually just see it in the meat, yeah. you know, like that. And, and I think that it, it, yeah, it's the quality stuff. You're always going to pay more for the quality stuff, yeah. but also it's a very special meal. Like Leanne yeah. was talking about their traditions at yeah. home, you know, the lasagna the night before and the turkey goop and yeah. all that, you know, but then Christmas day or whenever they have it, they're going to have that, that big rib roast and, yeah. and uh, all the good stuff with it. Yeah. So, you know, you got to, kind of determine what your budget is and then how much you want to spend on all the different meals or if you really want to make one really special meal yeah and i'm kind of i've kind of tended towards that the last few years one really exceptional one yeah something light on christmas eve or whatever but that's just our our house will thank you yes for being with us miss leanne thank you as always yeah i hope you both have a very merry christmas and a happy ho ho and all that Uh, We'll be back next week, like I said, with the Meathead Christmas special. And uh, after that, Leanne and I are going to take a couple weeks off. So you're going to hear some best ofs uh, over the Christmas weekend and over the New Year's. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. We worked hard to get to that because we stockpiled. So we worked twice as hard in order to get that time. Yes, we did. All right. We got to get out of here. Thank you for listening. I'm JT. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks. Merry Christmas. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.